What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast <laughs> Network. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Chris Grenham. And Grenham, it, it feels it feels a little bit like the Hawks game last year, or maybe the Thunder game last year, where it just like you kind of assumed that it couldn't get any worse, and then it just did somehow, impossibly. And you're just kind of reminded that. I mean, some things are infinite and rock bottom is a flawed concept that doesn't exist. A net rating can go down in, in, like infinitely and the Celtics seems to be. Yeah. And the Celtics find ways to go about it differently every time. It's a lot they're of so creative. They're very, very yeah. creative to a point they're entertaining unless you're a big Celtics fan because then it's probably depressing. But I mean, there's two ways I look at this one and the Minnesota loss. I mean, on Monday, they lost by five to a G League Timberwolves team, I'll probably say. So some, my, of those, some of those dudes weren't in the G League. <laughs> <laughs> those, seriously, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, my first reaction to this game is, you know, our schedules have been messed up, so we haven't been podcasting as much, but I feel like I've said it on every recording we've had over the last month. So the Celtics are a 500 team. They have shown me zero reason to believe otherwise at this point. Obviously, they're sub-500 right now. Um, I would say and, they've shown you plenty of reason to believe that they're not a 500 team. Yeah. You were too optimistic, sir. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. So, again, I think this is a 500 team. I think they're right now they're playing sub-500 basketball. I think they'll hopefully find the mean at some point and maybe get back toward 500. The other angle I take with this game it seems like no matter the result, you and I kind of tend to take this in this direction. I've been watching a lot of Jaden Ivey recently. And <laughs> let me tell you, he's pretty good. And the more losses like this that occur, the more Jaden Ivey highlights I watch. So I'm just putting that out there. Well, listen, man, everybody always talks about, you know, trading the Celtic stars, you know, trading for another star, whatever it might be. All I'm saying is if you get yourself down into that range where you might be able to draft Paolo Banchero and then, you know, you're trading, trading one of your, when, you know, one of your guys to get that number one pick and go get Jabari Smith. And all of a sudden you have Paolo Banchero and Jabari Smith. Um, I'm into that plan. <laughs> it's gotta be better than this. Whatever this is, it's gotta be better than this. Yeah. It's not uh, that hard to be better than this. <laughs> the Celtics tonight were historically bad from three, four for 42 from beyond the arc against the Clippers. And I mean, it was I, like at one point I, I thought, you know, Mike Gorman on, on the NBC sports broadcast, like just kind of mumbled under his breath, like this just isn't going to happen. <laughs> like as Jalen is missing a three from the corner. And it was just like, that's a perfect summation. It was just like, at some point, like the three just wasn't going to go down and every three, you could see the Celtics knowing that they weren't going to make the threes they were taking um, if they make a couple of them in that fourth quarter, I mean, the, you know, the, the Clippers ended up winning by nine, but like a three or two completely changes the complexion of the game. If they go two for 17, instead of one for 18, we might literally be talking about a different basketball game, but they didn't and we aren't. So here we are. Yeah. A two makes more, <laughs> makes a huge difference. It's really, really crazy. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like they, they could 38 missed threes is unbelievable i it was any shot that went up in that fourth quarter you just knew it wasn't going in for the most part um and it seemed like the clippers knew it too the celtics also got a decent amount of second chances like they were pretty good on the boards especially late and they were 
capitalizing on those second chances. But again, it came down to 38 missed threes. Like there's only so much you can do about that. And we've, we've talked so much about the lack of shooting on this team. And it's a little bit different when you're missing some guys and obviously they're shorthanded. So are the Clippers, but this has been an issue since the start of the season, even when this team is healthy, they don't have enough shooting. And so when guys at the top of the roster go down, that gets amplified because you don't have the shooting to lean on in the depth chart. And no one had it tonight, right? Like eventually if you get into situations like this, you're going to rely on guys like Peyton Pritchard to shoot. Well, he was over five tonight. You're going to rely on Jalen Brown. He was one of 13 Al Horford of seven. It was really bad top to bottom, but I don't think this really, they, they don't have enough shooting. This was an exceptionally bad night, but I think this just is a, version of that on steroids that you're never really going to see all that often. But I mean, this is, this was a problem entering the year. We knew it. And I think the personnel does have to change at some point. And I don't think that's an overreaction to this game because that could be a reaction to really any of their losses. I think at this point in the year, just a a, a quick aside that one of my buddies, uh, Jack Maloney over at uh, CBS sports, he was at the game tonight, like with his, his dad, like as a fan, like this was the game that they went to, they had to watch that. Jack's from Milwaukee. Can you imagine being from Milwaukee and that is the game that you ended up going to? Just rough. I uh, do feel bad for people who paid to to watch that abomination. It's it's funny, you know. I almost there's not really much more to say about that game. Like even the Celtics themselves just kind of seem to be like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you guys. We didn't make any threes, and it's like that's the, the whole summation of that game. If they make threes, they probably win it. It's not that like a clipper went off. It's not that they failed to defend somebody or anything like that. They actually defended quite well. You know, yeah. the Clippers only scored 91 points. You know, yeah, the Clippers didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But again, if you go four for 42, like against an NBA team, whoever is on that other, you know, whoever the other NBA players are, you're probably going to lose. So like, I just kind of feel like from that game, you know, what more can you say? And then you know, the Timberwolves, like you, you mentioned before that they keep finding creative ways to lose. And if they were just bad, bad, you would be like, okay, they're just losing games. Like they are just tanking for Jabari Smith. They are, but there's something so weird about a bunch of players who you know are good, not being good together at all. Like in this way that like, to the point that they miss 42 three-pointers, if you just had a team full of completely bad shooters, you'd be like, okay, yes, a four for 42 night makes sense. This team has Jason Tatum. This team has Jalen Brown. This team has Grant Williams. This team has Peyton Pritchard. There are guys who can shoot on this team. Why can't anybody shoot? I don't, I'm flabbergasted by this basketball team. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, flabbergasted is really the right word. Like, none of it really makes sense. Against the Timberwolves, they were, to use a term we've used before, they were so flat. Like, there was no juice behind yeah. them really at all against a starting lineup that had like Jordan McLaughlin, Nathan Knight. Like I just, yeah, they got torched by Greg Monroe at times in that game. Like they just didn't have any juice. And tonight they did have juice, but they couldn't hit anything. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Like I don't understand what is fully wrong. And to me, a lot of it keeps coming back to something that we talked about at the beginning of the year specifically with Marcus Smart, where things just seemed a little bit off. I don't know if this is something to pinpoint on the last couple losses, but overall, things have just seemed kind of off with this group a little bit. Again, I don't have anything to pin that specifically on, but I just think 
it just feels like the vibes are a little bit off. They're not really meshing all that well together. Yeah, they don't have enough shooting. We've known that. But all in all, this team should be better than they are, despite the lack of shooting. And something is just off. And it has kind of felt like that from the jump. And I, again, I don't know what to pin that on. We initially pinned it with Smart because he seemed a little bit off. But the vibes just don't seem all that right with this group. That's just a, a something I just keep getting from a lot of these games. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the reason we don't, we aren't, you know, we can't go to that well tonight is because Smart didn't even play, which yeah. is also the reason why, you know, I, I keep seeing these like calls to break up the Celtics. And I mean, we've, you know, we've flirted with the idea before on this pod. Like it's not, you know, it's not a novel concept, but I think if you're talking about breaking up the Celtics, if you want to get any real value, you're talking about Jalen and Jason. Yeah. You're not, you know, to name it. Like, that's what it is. If, you, if you're talking to like, and probably Jalen, right? Because that's like the, the franchise has very clearly kind of put themselves in Tatum's corner. So you're probably talking about trading Jalen at that point. If people are ready to have that conversation, then fine. But I, I think that's what you're getting to. And especially on a night like tonight or a night like uh, Monday when they lost to the Timberwolves, both of those games were without Smart. And Smart mm-hmm. is the only other guy that people mention as like, well, the Celtics could trade Smart and try to get somebody or they could package Smart and Rob and try to get somebody. I'm sorry, why do people think that that's going to have this like huge trade value at this point? I think those are both good players. I think teams around the league probably think they're good players. But this is the lowest their value yeah. is probably going to be over the next few years because look at the Celtics team. There's no reason to believe in anybody here right now. Like they're in a tough spot if they want to try to blow things up, if they want to try to, to make these moves because like the only guys who are like have a ton of value almost have way too much value. Yeah. I, f- I fully agree with that. I also think a lot of fans think that a smart Rob Williams type deal brings back a much better return than it actually would at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that would create a major piece coming back that a lot of people think it would and sure you can attach picks and whatever on top of that but i just don't foresee that bringing back a piece that is going to really really shake things up like you would want it to but if you're the celtics in my opinion it's not time yet to to move jalen or jason or really have those talks you you do need to fix the personnel around them. You need to surround them with some better spacing, surround them with better shooters, because I I just don't think this is a very good team around those two guys. And I didn't think it was a good team coming into the year, but they have exceeded my expectations and how crappy they've been at times. And I think if you're Brad Stevens and you're still in this position this time next year, then you have the conversation. All right, we probably need to move or talk about moving Jalen I doubt they're going to move Jason, but sure, let's have the conversation because this would be really bad if they're still in the same position this time next year. But you have to improve the personnel around these guys if you want to really give it the full go and and give this thing a, a full shot with these two guys at the helm because I don't think, granted, they they can be better for various stints, but I don't think they have been given the best group around them over, over the last year or two. Yeah, I could not agree more. I and And you know what? It's just like... I, I don't know what the right group is at this yeah. point. Like, I think it's a lot of shooting clearly, but it's, it's tough to kind of pinpoint exactly like what the pieces are those two guys need, but you know what we know they don't need whatever this is, this, like this setup is not it. So figure some other stuff out. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need Broderick Thomas. He was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's funny because I, I, it's not even really Brad's fault. Brad, no. will look, 
Brad looked at the 2017-18 team and he was like, I could literally go get you Al Horford again. <laughs> so he did. Smart was still here. Like there's like a lot of similarities. He went and got Dennis Schroeder to be the penetrating guard that Terry Rozier was. He literally just tried to build the 2017-18 team again. How can you blame him? They were one game from the finals and their yeah. best players are better now. But <laughs> nope, not that. <laughs> it's not as good. It's uh-huh. not <laughs> I cannot blame Brad Stevens for doing that. I mean, do you remember earlier in the season, before the season started, we had people tweeting at us that Al Horford was going to provide the shooting. Al Horford has stunk as a shooter, so I want that tweeter or whoever you are out there to remember that. Actually, you're right. You're right. We were on that one. We were like, look, guys, like Horford has not been shooting that well for a minute. Like that was we weren't a- calling Horford a we weren't calling him a bad shooter, but people yeah. were like, oh no, he's spreading space. We're like, no, I don't think you know who Al Horford is at this yeah, point. Yeah, you haven't been watching, man. No, you're right about that. Actually, we we were right about that one. I'm I'm always quick to uh, to admit it when I'm wrong about my takes, but no, I'm standing. by We're that on one. this one. We're on this one. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, want to talk about Jalen tonight? Because I thought that yeah. kind of was an interesting time or a storyline. Yeah, absolutely. So Jalen, um, a lot of people are going at him on Twitter because people go at people on Twitter and he, he did have like sort of a noteworthy stat line in that he, he, he scored 30 points, but he needed 36 shots to do it. He was one for 13 from three and he had zero assists. Now here's the thing. I get how that looks, (laughs) but I do think that if you watched the game, you saw that for one thing, the Celtics would not have been in that game without Jalen in the first three quarters or so, especially the first half. Like he, um, I mean, you know, he really carried them offensively and he was, you know, he was aggressive. He just looked a lot better than he did against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves game was one of the worst games I've ever seen Jalen play, especially sort of given the stakes, which yeah. is like a weird thing to say about that game, but just like given that, you know, it was his team with Tatum out. I thought that was his worst game. He was not that bad tonight largely because he was kicking the ball out. So he was getting people involved, eight potential assists that, you know, obviously if he achieved all of his potential assists, that would be un, you know, that'd be unusual. But I mean, three would have looked a lot better than zero, you know? Yeah. Um, and also not for nothing, three probably would have won the game, like because they were all kick out to three point shooters. And so anyway, Jalen, you know, moved the ball better than zero assists would make you think. And you know, down the stretch, he was hoisting shots to just try to get the Celtics back in the game. And I think that can't be discounted. One for 13 is a little unfriendly to him. Very unfriendly. He was trying to shoot the Celtics back into this thing late. And that was a lot of that one for 13, um, one for 13 clip, but he wasn't as bad or as ridiculous as that stat line makes it seem he actually did a pretty good job of creating for his teammates something he really didn't do all that much of against minnesota against minnesota i don't know if he was pressing or what but it was just a really odd game that's a game where he should have just kind of taken over the game for various stints and it was his team it was kind of his game without tatum but he was really just bad he was he was not good and he's been good in those scenarios before. Like yeah. there's been times when he's been really good when the team is his team. Right, right. And tonight he actually did do a good job of creating some opportunities for his teammates, but obviously no one was hitting. And I don't think anyone on the Celtics was particularly good tonight. And I wouldn't say this was a great game by Jalen by any means, but it wasn't a bad game. And I think his stat line is pretty misleading. And I just think 
He sure at times he did get that tunnel vision. I see that term thrown around a lot with Jalen, the tunnel vision. And he does get that at times. He kind of loses control in transition. I don't think anyone on the Celtics team knows how to operate in transition right now. It's some of their fast breaks are just disgusting. And Jalen is a part of that. He just recklessly runs into people plenty of times on fast breaks. And he did that tonight. But for the most part, I think he was pretty good at getting his teammates involved. It just didn't come to fruition like it would on just a few occasions on a normal night. Yeah, uh, Ryan Bernadoni tweeted, Jalen, uh, in, in response to somebody just being like, oh, Jalen Brown, 36 and, and 30, uh, 36 shots and 30 points. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bernadoni tweeted, Jalen had scored 0.833 points per shot tonight. The rest of the score, Celtics scored 0.8 shots, points per shot. So it's like zero point, and that is to both of our points here. That actually sums it up very nicely. 0.833 is bad. It's not that that is an inefficient offense, but everybody else on the Celtics was worse. And not for nothing, that 0.833, that includes all the shots that he missed down the stretch when he was literally just trying to shoot the Celtics back into it. Jalen wasn't great tonight. He's had two, one bad game and one mid game in a row here. Um, or even like mid to bad, you know, yeah. he had like a really bad game against the Timberwolves. I think like C minus D plus tonight, but it's not like this F minus that it looks like from his stat line. So you can, you should be able to separate the the box score watchers from the, the game watchers with that one. I think. Yeah. Easily this, this team, I, I, I find myself chuckling a lot with this team lately because it's just, truly incredible one the creativity that they find but even against milwaukee i was home for christmas watching the game with my dad and he said you know like all right like what do we think think they're gonna be able to hold on to this one and i said well there's an inevitable bucks run in here somewhere and the celtics aren't all that great at responding to fourth quarter runs and it was way worse than i could have imagined and it seems like any fourth quarter adversity lately this team just crumbles almost immediately and again they haven't been full strength all that often and that plays a role but it's just it's mind-blowing how bad they are down the stretch of some of these close games and when Milwaukee you know really stepped on the gas late you knew they weren't going to win that game you even when they even when they were winning when they were very late yeah Yeah. even when they were winning very late you knew they weren't going to win and it feels like that's the case with a lot of these games tonight, you knew they weren't going to win because they missed 38 three pointers. That was very obvious, but yeah, even against but the Timberwolves also, also just kind of knew it. Like yeah. there, was a, there was a stretch in the first quarter where I thought they had a shot at winning this game. And that was when they, they went on that run and they took the lead back and they looked great for that stretch. And it was like, okay, this Clippers team is so undermanned. They don't have either of their stars. Like they don't have, you know, they're, they're in tough shape. Um, they don't have they don't have any, either of their stars, by which I mean Kawhi Leonard and BJ Boston. They didn't have either of them in the game, so you knew the Celtics like if they could just like take over the game for a while, it felt like they had it. And then as soon as they, the Clippers came back a second time, I was like, oh yep. no, yep. no, 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 he's it's done. Losing this one. That's just who they are, though. It's like um, this is the 500 group that they are. They don't respond well to this sort of thing, and they're just very, very predictable. I think. Again, another Ryan Bernadotti tweet. I think it was during the Timberwolves game, right before the fourth quarter started. He was like, they're going to go two of 11 for three and they're going to lose this game. And it was very close to that, I believe. I don't know. 14. Yeah, there you go. So it was like, this team is, they're just so predictable at this point. And it is truly remarkable how consistent they have been. 
at least they can bounce back against the Phoenix Suns. So that's great. <laughs> I mean, the thing with this team is what watch them go beat the Suns now. They probably like, will. They, they have probably to to, will. They have to get back to 500. <laughs> like, yeah. And then they'll lose the three in a row. And then they'll lose. <laughs> I mean, at some point, let's say they make some moves now. It's like, for what? For Jaden Ivey. Make the moves for Jaden Ivey. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I mean, at let's let's take a positive spin here. A rare Geno time angle. Positive oh. spin. A rare, a rare, you know what? I should give us some credit. A rare everyone angle at this point because it's I very hard. Shooting this down. Let's go. So <laughs> the Celtics have had virtually all of their players in health and safety protocols in one way or another over the last month, right? They've no one has had good luck. The Celtics certainly haven't had good luck. Their schedule has sucked amid this stretch. Maybe come January with an easier schedule and a hopefully healthy roster at some point, maybe they'll be able to bounce back a little bit and get a couple games above 500. They'll of course regress back to 500, but no, no, absolutely not. Counterpoint to all of that. Like the COVID (laughs) stuff. Okay. They had a tough schedule. They had one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum available in every game. Yeah. And the teams they played. Okay. Their tough schedule tonight. They played the Clippers who was available for the Clippers Monday. They played Monday. They played the Timberwolves who was available for the Timberwolves. They should have been oh. the Bucks. They had like a twenty point lead in that game. They don't. These are, no, these are very. These are this is very fair spots. I this is just me trying to put on my rose colored glasses for once, which I rarely do. You're probably right, but uh, I, I just you know I mean we've I've done the rose colored glasses. I did it at the beginning of the year. Like I, I gave this team all the credit in the world. I thought they yeah. were going to be like a three or four seed. They they don't deserve this. Like they're the same team as last year, except with new faces and maybe worse. Yeah, I mean, probably. And you know what's crazy is that right now, and really for the last month, the Wizards suck, but they're still better than the Celtics right now. <laughs> I needed them to rally and be better than the Wizards. <laughs> Which is not hard to do right now. The Wizards have been terrible for the last the Wizards, month. The thing is, like, I was right because I was like, the Wizards suck. There's no way they're going to be worse. They're, they're going to be better than the Celtics. And I was right. The Wizards yeah. suck. <laughs> terrible there's something are so much worse you know what the thing is is that you didn't like my like half in half out take is that both teams are going to stink but the wizards are going to stink less and it's been spot on which is like neither of these teams are very good the, wiz- the wizards are just slightly better i mean but how how can you look at this celtics team it doesn't make sense that they're bad <laughs> that's the I, thing i just keep i gen- i genuinely think the team around granted they haven't been healthy but when they are healthy i think the team around jalen brown and jason tatum is not good i just don't think it's a very good group around them and they haven't the thought of them maybe mixing well and potentially everyone filling their roles was kind of that high-end thing and it's been the complete opposite end of the spectrum like it just none of it has really worked out you have to trade dennis schroeder because i i don't there's no point in holding on to him at all you need to get something for him because his just fill his minutes with with a younger with younger people i mean younger listen to me (laughs) put the young folk out there come on (laughs) you believe al freak aminu plays for the celtics right now (laughs) johnson is on the roster What a crazy He's 40, tough. dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I bet he would have played better than Romeo Langford tonight. 
This is bordering on the episode where we just cackled at box scores. It's different though, because like that that time we did it out of like, yeah. I don't need this team. I don't either. They're, they're just they're, bad. Even the anti-vaxxer is likable on this team. Like, <laughs> like which one? <laughs> Yeah, but Josh Richardson. Like, yeah, no, he is. also like Josh Richardson. The only yeah. guy who's not likable is the C- We always want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Shades On Beer Company. They're the makers of the Geno Time Stout, but plenty of other delicious products like Juice Fountain 3, Buffalo Check, but we here at Geno Time are biased toward the Geno Time Stout. If you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, be sure to check out Shades On's Beer Garden and Tasting Room. They're down in West Kingston, Rhode Island. And if you're a Celtics fan in the Boston area, keep an eye out for the Geno Time Stout at your local liquor stores or any other Shades on Beer Company products. Really, if you're a Celtics fan anywhere in New England, keep an eye out for any of the Shades on Beer Company products. Everybody else is great. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't want to like Josh Richardson, but I do. Oh, he's very likable. <laughs> yeah, he's very super likable guy. This team is a is an absolute mystery. They surprise me at every turn and They've just like broken what I see as like conceptually possible for basketball because like they don't because so many iterations of them have all been bad and that's the thing that yeah you're spot on different looks we have seen so many different looks and again I know people always come back with yeah we haven't seen like the best possible look as much as we should have but we've seen it enough to know that it's not as good as people once hoped it was going to be so. All of these versions have been mediocre to average. I don't know what to think. I truly don't. And you got to look like, I I think the other thing too is like, you can't lose these guys for nothing. No, no. You can't. That is the absolute worst, worst, worst case scenario. You lost everything else for nothing. Like all these other guys, like down to Terry Rozier, starting with Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Terry Rozier, like all these guys you lost for nothing. Like I'm, you know, I joke sometimes to you and Nicole and I'll I'll text you guys and be like, well, time to trade, um, you know, Tatum for the number one pick and get Jabari Smith. And it's like, like I'm, I'm joking obviously, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to lose these guys for nothing, all of a sudden my idea was better than your idea. (laughs) It's true. So you should be trying to keep these guys because that that should be your goal is you have these stars. You should try to win with your stars, but you can't, the big thing is that you can't lose them for nothing. You that cannot lose them for nothing. And the, the less time you use to try and optimize the personnel around them, the more that becomes a likelihood down the road, right? Yes. Because you, it's, they don't like what's going on here and they want to keep trying different personnel groups. And if you're Brad Stevens come this off season, you need to make some major moves with and I'm not talking major, major moves, but I'm talking major role-playing moves. Like you really need to get some shooting around them. You need to just change the roster. And again, we just talked about it. We don't know exactly what that needs to be, but you need to because the further you move down the road, running in the circle, the more likely it becomes that you could lose one of these guys for nothing. And that's, if you lose one of them, even just one of them for nothing, that's worst case. That is absolute worst case. There's a lot of people thinking very existentially about this franchise. I think they mm. should. I think that if if the Jalen Jason thing doesn't work out, you're looking at what a, a decade before you're probably in anything close to contention again. Before you can even like sort of build the scenario up. I mean, it's going to set you back a long, long ways, mm. and uh, that's why you got to hang on to them for as long as as it seems reasonable. And it's still reasonable, right? It like these guys are both still good enough. 
and young enough that it's still reasonable to hang on to them. But like the time is approaching. So, yeah. I, yeah. So I almost think, you know, to your point, you're talking about like waiting until the off season to make moves. I mean, I think you start making moves as soon as Omicron dies down and you have like full rosters again, because I know the Celtics haven't had their full roster, but like, come on, we, we know that this isn't working. Some stuff has to move around. Yeah. I would be all for that. And I mean, my take on this sort of thing and this topic it does not change if they rip off seven wins in January one. I don't think they can. I don't think this group fully healthy is a seven win team. The Rockets won seven in a row earlier this year. The Celtics, I don't think they can win seven in a row. They just have been so inconsistent, but point being say they do quote unquote, turn things around come January with a little bit of an easier schedule. They get some health back and they start to rip off some wins. I still think they need to find a better personnel group around them. And I still think they need to make changes in an effort to really find some security long-term. I, I think that's an absolute must no matter what happens over the next, I don't know, six, seven weeks here. And I'm, I'm fascinated to find out who that is. I, I yeah. wonder to an extent, you know, people usually talk about like players who fit Tatum and Jalen's window. I don't know that that's what you want. I don't know that you want another player in that exact. I think maybe you just want like, you know, a veteran who's trying to win games. Maybe you want, um, you know, like, but like a veteran who's trying to win games, who's different than Al Horford, because for some reason, Al Horford isn't the answer. Like whatever it is, like, you know, I, I think this team needs new looks, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They need stuff that looks different. They just don't look different enough. Like um, from last year's team. So I guess anything, try again, man, <laughs> anything different, anything different. And I'm just saying Jaden Ivy is different. So, <laughs> so is Jabari Smith. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but like uh, Jabari Smith is going number one, so yes, yes. plan to get that number one pick. Also, <laughs> if 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 Jade, if Jaden Ivey continues the way he's been playing, he's gonna go like top five. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've seen him up at like four or five already. I mean, he should. I think he should yeah. be probably the fourth pick if he keeps shooting the way he is. I think he could be number three. But Tankathon has him number four right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Think Who would you have be. more? Would you have him over Chet? I would have more jet. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen, I've seen people like uh, sliding Paolo down a little bit. Yeah, I have too. I still like Paolo. Um, I don't think there's any reason he's, he would slide all that far. I mean, this class, even the back end of the top 10 isn't all that good for him to slide uh, much beyond five. So I think he'll be, I think he's a top three pick. Ooh, right now the, uh, the uh, Tankathon has Kennedy Chandler going to the Celtics. I would be. Oh, okay. I like Kennedy Chandler. He's fun. He's fun. If, I mean, if you think about it, the Celtics right now have the 12th pick. <laughs> so that's wild. All right. Well, we've reached the, uh, whatever this is. Um, <laughs> <read them. laughs> I, I think we solved the Celtics. I think uh, the answer that we came up with is trade for better players and uh, have them hit threes. So make shots. Score more points than the other team and make those shots. Make, make them shots. All right. <laughs> As always, we appreciate everybody who listens, who's left us a rating or a review. We promise that we'll have one of Nicole and B-Rob back soon. Hope everybody had a, a great Christmas. Uh, happy New Year to, uh, to, to all of the Genotime listeners who I'm sure are feeling very happy right now. And uh, we will talk to you all again soon.